Welcome to the JUCO Coaching Podcast. My name is Nate Tuft. I am the head men's basketball coach at Ridgewater College in Wilmer, Minnesota. My co-host is Tyler Hebrink, head baseball coach at Ridgewater College. Our goal with this podcast is to walk through the challenges and opportunities of a junior college season and to share our success, failure, and growth over our coaching career at the junior college level. Join us each week as we cover a different topic in relation to coaching college athletics. We are back after a couple week break. Uh, again, I'm Nate Tuft, the head coach at Ridgewater College men's basketball team. I'm here with Tyler. He is just getting back from the Florida Keys. How was vacation, Tyler? <laughs> well, it was uh, it was fun to say the least. And uh, to be honest, I wish I was still there. So, uh, but it is good to be back. It's been a couple weeks since we've done this, so I'm excited to uh, get another episode out for everybody. Yeah, this week. I was thinking this week, since I'm getting into my closing period of recruiting and we're in basketball seasons are getting done and we're trying to get guys on visits and all that stuff. Uh, I was curious what, when you're getting guys here and once they're here and you're talking to parents, yep. when you're hitting those demographics, what are you asking your guys to buy into? Like what is, I want to look at what our programs are and what we're actually asking of our guys when they get here sure um yeah i think that's kind of the age-old question for all coaches um, <clears throat> what they want their players to do is buy into their program right mm -hmm. like you hear that all the time but it almost gets cliche it like does, I, I i use it a lot but, but it is but such it's, a it, it's so evident every day like you need you need your players to buy into what you're doing because mm -hmm. if you don't then it can cause some dissension or well you know whatever it is um so and it's it is a it's such a weird thing too because I asked a coach that this week I said he he has a guy who's a six four wing who's probably a project mm -hmm. and I said like okay and he's talking about how he's a good kid and all this stuff but I asked him like is he a guy that understands he's a project you know what I mean so like he if he's coming in to buy into getting an opportunity to play right away when that's not an option like it's important to me from the beginning to be able to know that he's going to buy into a development role yeah where it's just kind of different who you're talking to and parents are buying into something different than their kids are. And sometimes, sometimes so. those conversations can be difficult mm -hmm. at times because everybody has different expectations of themselves yeah. too. So if you view a kid as somebody that is a development kid, but he's going to sit there and think he's the day one starter. Right. So you got to be able to talk to him and say that that can be attainable, but there's still work you need to, to do yeah. you're not the starter right now mm -hmm. so you need to buy into what i'm teaching you um to help you get to that point because you can get to that yeah. point a little bit but, of a side note on this sorry to interrupt yeah. but when like i was thinking about this as well this weekend when you're making a rotation for like me a basketball rotation nine ten guys or you're making the guys and the utility guy and who's like the next man up do you think you should tell guys when they're outside of like the rotation or how, how would you communicate that stuff? Yeah, I do. You do? Um, yeah, absolutely. It, Usually before the season starts, uh -huh. like before, you know, a week before, yep. whenever I feel comfortable where what my starting yep. lineup is going to be, I'm going to talk to all those guys. Mm -hmm. um, and let's say, let's say we're talking about second base and um, the guy that's second or third on the depth chart. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with them. Have to be honest yeah. with them. Um, because again, I don't want to go into a game to where, all 30 guys feel like they're going to start, yeah. which I, I want that mentality that they want to, yep. 
but that's just not realistic. This is college baseball. This yep. isn't high school athletics. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to get the same amount of playing time. But I also let them know, here's why you're number two, and here's why this guy's number yeah. one over you. And do you have a mindset of getting those guys any opportunities? Or is like my mindset is they're getting their opportunity in practice. So yeah. it's hard for me to give you an opportunity game. And it's hard for them to see that sometimes because they are focused on the games and stuff. But I need them to take their opportunities in practice first. Do you, what do you look at yeah. for like getting opportunities? Yeah. Uh, practice is, is a big one. Um, there are certain things that you have to do from a fundamental, fundamental oh. standpoint mm-hmm. to where I feel comfortable running you out yeah. there. Um, with that being said, other positions, like there's how many, you know, nine positions yep. on the field. I could have two third basemen that are really good players. Mm-hmm. And so I got to find a way to try to get them both playing time. Uh-huh. And whether that's through working a guy out and left field or mm-hmm. having DH, whatever it is. Um, so just because you're number two doesn't mean that you're yeah. not going to play at all yep. unless you're just not yeah. at the quality that we want. Because that is something that I've struggled with, like end of outside of rotation guys in basketball, like keeping that motivation, keeping that, because it is a hard road to climb like in, they want it to change in like two weeks yeah. where I, where it's more like two months that it's going to change or a year, like next year, maybe is your opportunity, but uh, it's just hard to get guys opportunities yeah, in I games think when you're trying to win. The motivation part of it is huge. Um, I've had situations where there's been a guy who's just flat out more talented mm-hmm. and he's the number one guy to start, but he doesn't produce. Right. And so you put the other kid in there, who's not as talented, but he starts producing, well, I'm going with the guy that's going to Those are the best stories. They they are. When there's a guy, like, right before conference season starts, all of a sudden he figures it out, and you can't even take him off the floor anymore. Like, those are the – that is so fun. Like, not great for the guys that are losing, but you love to see those guys, like, take that first two months serious and take over. But that's – that's there's something to be said for people that go out and make the most of their opportunity, Mm -hmm. and that's what they're doing. You know, they're just going out and playing and, and producing. And like like you said, you can't can't take those guys out of the lineup. Um, so and, and that's why when we getting back to buy in a little bit, when guys do buy in and even when they're outside the rotation and they're still buying in like that, you're willing to push for some of that stuff. And you have that, that mentality or that grit to earn those things like those are the guys that are really, really successful. And that's why, like in our program. I really do ask guys to just buy into their teammates and buy into like going hard and being coachable because if you can play hard every day and be coachable, that like, that's like such a good ingredient to, to really develop yep. where if you can't play hard every day and you don't believe in like what we're teaching, it's hard for anybody to be successful. So yeah, I, I, uh, th- there's two things I tell every single player when they come on a visit mm-hmm. and, whether their family's there too or not, whatever. Um, I tell them there's two things that you can control. It's your attitude and your effort. Uh If you have a good attitude at practice and you're working your butt off, there's a good chance you're going to be successful Uh because you're going to buy into what we're telling you. And like every coach, I feel like I have a decent recipe Mm -hmm. for success or how to, how to achieve that. Um, and so if you control the controllables, 
I guess. And, yeah. and for me, it's attitude and effort. Um, and I, and like I said, I have that conversation with every single recruit that I have, whether I get them or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a conversation I have for team meetings constantly. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing like emphasizing, like I emphasize being a good teammate so much in the recruiting process because I don't want to get somebody here that isn't that like, it's just so much value in a team that likes each other, that likes working together, that like, like to control the attitude and the effort. I think that good, especially in basketball where you're relying on each other so much and you're playing together and doing all those things. Like I, I, I think it's a misconception of Juco basketball, but probably everything in general is like, we're actually trying to build a family, like a team family for, I don't want to be a stopping, just a stepping stone. I don't want to just be a quick stopover for you. Like when you're here, you're here here and you're bought in and you're doing, you're being that kind of teammate because if you want to go on, coaches want kids from good programs. Coaches want good teammates. Coaches want guys that work hard. Like, so I want to be that place where I'm not lying to you. And I say, we're like a family because I think if you ask most of our, my last three teams since I've been head coach, I think they're all really tight. We might've been bad a couple of years, but yeah. we've done a really good job. I think building teams and taking that extra time to become more than just basketball friends. Like, I think that's really important to be, yep. yeah, you can play open gym, but that really, and you have fun, but that really doesn't get you to that next level as far as yeah, relationships the, the, and trust. The team chemistry part is, is extremely important. Um, and I think it's overlooked at our le- at Juco level. Like, I think there's a lot of places that could care less about it. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and again, you're always – going back to what you said about Juco getting a bad rep for uh-huh. them sometimes, that that happens at every program. Yeah. Like, you're all – there's always going to be guys that don't buy it. Right. Like, now it, it, it might be a little bit different at the four-year level. Mm-hmm. Um maybe less guys, but you're still going to have those one or two guys and you're going to have transfers every year. Yep. It's it's just part of it. Um, So it's how do you mitigate that? Like, how do you, it's just, it's a big, like it's a big difference maker. If you already have like eight guys bought in and you're bringing in a few more guys to get bought in than it is bringing in like next year, I'm going to be so freshman heavy that I'm going to be trying to get 15 people at once to buy in. You know what I mean? Without anybody, yeah. unless they're bought in for recruiting, obviously, and like because they're committed. But well, that's just... no, that's a good point. When I, when I got hired, um, and I found uh, hired my assistant coaches, I told them right away the biggest thing for us right away is establishing our culture mm-hmm. right away mm-hmm. because I was hired in November, and I didn't have a fall season with that team, uh-huh. and so coming into the spring. I just had, you know, those few months with those guys. And for those freshmen, I wanted them to know what the expectations were so that the coming year, they knew how to translate that to the incoming freshmen. Uh-huh. If that makes yeah. Sense. Yep. Um, and that's why, like my second year, we were ultra talented, but I kicked our three best players off of the team. Like they, one was a 6'5 guard, one was a 6'3 super strong guard, one was like a 6'6 kid. Like they were super good. But – I had a very valuable freshman class that great kids, great effort, great talent. And I had to get rid of those three guys so that we could take that next step the next year. Cause if we would, if I would have just allowed all that, yeah. like it just would have been a, I would have had those freshmen becoming sophomores would have had a hard time trusting me when I said, you're, you're, we're not going to have people that do this, 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 and this. 
yeah. if I didn't get rid of those guys when they did this, this, and this. Right. So like you have building be, that credibility, you have, you have to, you have to be a man of your word. You yeah. Have to, absolutely. Cause they see through it. Like if you, even in recruiting, you can only sell snake oil for so long before yeah. like they're here for a month and realize you were lying to them when you said that yeah. you cared about good teammates and stuff. And you brought in five bad guys that yeah. nobody wants to be around. Like you just can't do it. Yeah. One of my, um, first years as an assistant coach, um, I was recruiting a kid and, um, going back to being honest with them hundred percent of the time, there was, I, I didn't tell the player about the amount of money it would cost them for uh -huh. us to go to Florida. Yep. Um, and, and it was done just out of, cause that, that amount was a lot. And I yep. just didn't think, and, and looking back how stupid that was, right. um, because they get here and go, Oh, I didn't know we had to pay that amount of money. And, you know, we get a lot of kids from different economic yep. backgrounds, you know, yep. some more fortunate than others. But um, I always think about that um, before usually all my visits. Just right. you have to be totally yeah. transparent um, and let them know no, the situation. I, I have a similar experience. When I was my first year as an assistant coach, I was recruiting this point guard who eventually came. He's from Georgia. And he ended up being a two-time All-American here and, like, the best player in Ridgewater history probably. Like, yeah. he was so talented. But at the time, we didn't have a shooting gun, and I told him that we did. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really know because I hadn't really been on campus. I just as I was fresh assistant. I hadn't been up here for any practice or anything. <laughs> so I just kind of either kind of assumed or didn't really. I just told him we had one, yeah. and it wasn't like a huge issue. But it would come up sometimes over those two years yeah. that we. You told me we had a gun here, coach. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, and you just yeah. you can't stretch truth. You can't do all that no. stuff. It just doesn't work. And that's. That's a stupid lie. Yours was a stupid lie. Like, or not really want, a lie, but. And you, the thing is, you want to get these kids so badly. Right. But. Um, you learn so in you, a hurry. You play that fine line, but you absolutely learn in a hurry that you can't be selling tricks. No. Like you can't. Mm -mm. It doesn't do you any good. Like, no. just get somebody here for the wrong reasons yeah. doesn't do you any good. Just like telling guys that they're going to go, like we've talked about this before, telling guys that they're going to go higher than they really are. There's yeah. no reason to do it. It doesn't help you. Like maybe they're here for a couple months, but they're not sticking around when they find out things. Like if you get them here the yeah. wrong way, they're not going to stay yeah, when they, you ask them to do the right thing. It goes back to the whole buying in right away. And that mm -hmm. starts in the recruiting process. Yes. Um, like for me, um, I, I think junior college, Baseball is a, is a big stepping stone for kids. Yep. Um, but like you said, too, I want guys to be, be here and live in the moment here at Ridgewater. Yep. But I also want them to know that if they do control the things that I want them to control, yeah. that we can find a place for them mm -hmm. after this. Yeah. Whether that's – it doesn't matter the level. Yeah. You know, just somewhere where they're going to be successful. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a conversation that I talked about. One of the things that I have a hard time that is a challenge to buy into, like I don't think it's hard to get guys to play hard. I, I think some of those things fall into place if you're the right guys. But I really emphasize communication and getting guys to buy into the level of communication that I want, both on and off the floor, is is a hard thing because it takes yeah. them out of their comfort zone so much that buying into talking more or responding all the time or whatever it is, like communicating real thoughts, not just yeah. like surface level stuff, like Getting guys to buy into communication well, is, they, is a process. For a lot of kids, they've had – they've obviously, this is their first time away from home, yep. and they're used to having mom and dad, you know. Read their minds know, probably. And, and, and know, okay, practice schedules are yep. this, yep. and we got to bring them yep. there. 
all that they don't have to worry yeah. about that stuff. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is you're in college now, you're yeah. an adult. You guys start doing adult yep. things immediately. Right, right, away, right. right away, you guys start yep. cooking your own food. Yep. You guys start doing your own laundry. Mom and dad aren't here for that anymore. Um, and absolutely, the communication part is it's such a big part of it's it. Extremely, it's all of it, really, for me. Yeah. Like it's because it, I can help you get through a lot of things, but There's, if you can't communicate, it's always funny because the first text that I'll send out to everybody in our in our group chat, you know, whatever it is, uh -huh. a team meeting, whatever. Yep. Um, I'll get about two replies. Yeah. And then at that team meeting, I tell them one time, if I put something on, just acknowledge. Yep. Got yep. it. Sounds yep. good. Whatever. You know? And the you guys know. that start doing it are your best players. Yep. Like it seems like. Are they like the most reliable guys. There, you know who's gonna get it, who doesn't, yep. and who's gonna be a project. Like almost right away, just with that yep. exercise. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I want just along the lines of selling your program or getting guys to buy in. I wanted to touch on social media a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm not a great social media guy in my personal life. Yeah. Um, I have had, I had an assistant in the past who was a monster and you, if you look at our Ridgewater men's basketball Twitter account, you can see when he left <laughs> and when he wasn't here. But uh, yeah. I was just curious what, what do you think the best way to sell your program on social media is? Cause I don't want to over do things but I don't want to be oversimplified. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think the best way to market your program on social media is? Very good question. Um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you um, in terms of my social media like yep. usage. Um, I'm on it a lot, but mm -hmm. in terms of posting and stuff, I, I don't do that. Is social media big on baseball in college programs? Because in huge. basketball, it's huge. It's so huge. baseball, they do it. Yes. A lot of programs you do have it a ton to as do well. It. You have to do because that's the first thing kids look up. Yeah. Like especially if you're recruiting a kid from out of state. Yep. They're going to look up on Twitter. Yep. Okay. Where's this school from? You know, yep. what, what, what is their presence? Whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I, for me, it's important to have, and it's important to put out content, you know, fairly often. Yep. Um, in terms of the, the content type, I guess it doesn't really matter as long as you're getting something out yep. there. Now a lot of schools have different graphics that they use yep. and that's fun and that's what kids like. And I totally understand that. Um, so do you think it is mostly quantity over quality? Like in your, in your opinion, are you, yeah, you're cool with that? I, it, in just from my experience yep. now, I wouldn't say that our Twitter page is a lot of quantity, yep. but, but you wish it was. <laughs> yeah. But again, <laughs> right. like, I'm not, Yep. I'm not a social media yep. whiz. Like I, I almost need to hire someone. Right. Or we just have like I sometimes I tell myself I just gotta quit making excuses and just do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it does like you say, it doesn't have to be good. I think I don't just want to send out tweets. Like I do want to build out graphics or I do yeah. like some highlights, but then some programs will just put out like their highlights right off of synergy or like recorded off of like and that's not quite good enough. You know what I mean? Like you're getting yeah. it out there, but it's not as I was really spoiled by Coach Wallace, he was putting out awesome videos and like putting music behind them, and yeah. that's almost what you need to do if you want to like enhance your program with social media. Like you can maintain your program with yeah. our me and your basic social media like you skills, can't just, but yeah, you can't just send out a tweet like final score or right. this, yeah, and then you don't tweet for a week no, or a couple true. days. It's you true. just can't do that because mm -hmm. um, that's what the kids love. And social media started getting pretty big when we were probably yep. in high school and in college yep but now it's just it's another grind. right it really is and this is this is what the kids love to do and you have to be adaptable 
just like you ask your players to be adaptable, right. you have to be adaptable too. And honestly, it's not even kids. Like it is every single person. It, it that's is. all they want to do. Kids, obviously, that's who we're recruiting. That's but, our market yeah, and stuff like the, that. Yep. But if you're going to get parents to buy into a different level, if you have a good social media account that they're following, I think it yep. makes a that just your image from the jump they like, get it a little more. Former school that I worked at, we had parents start a Facebook page, uh-huh. and their kids were done playing in two years, but other people picked it up oh, and cool. it's still going today yep. and people are posting on it uh-huh. all the time, sharing pictures from years ago yeah. and all that stuff. Like that's fun. It is something that I need to do better. It is like, you have to make it a priority. There's a billion priorities though, as a head coach, yeah. but you just, so that's the thing. Like you think, especially during like the season, it's yeah. like, okay, we just had a game. Now we're going to analyze the stats yeah. or whatever you do for yeah. that. And then, um, got to think about practice the next day, what we need to work on, uh, make sure everybody's there on time. And then it's hard to prioritize, okay, putting something out on Twitter or Facebook. There's just so but, many tools that we need to take advantage of. Like we, there's a place where you can just set up the schedule of what tweets going out when, and you can do it yeah. at the beginning of the week. And we just don't do it. We just don't dive into it enough. It's not something that we are and super we proficient in. So it makes and it And at harder. the bigger programs, like they have right. – SIDs. They, they have SIDs. They, they're assistant coaches. Like we don't really yeah. have that. Right. But um, for us, like our wrestling coach is really big on marketing and getting stuff yep. out there and things. And he's seeing. He does a great job. He's done a great job for like, I don't know, six months now. And yeah. he said yesterday in our meeting that he is getting some headway into some different communities because yeah. he's been so consistent on social media. So for a school of our size, even though we don't have like the people behind it, it it still is our biggest bang for our buck if we want to get our name out there and start changing perceptions and things like that. So yeah, no, absolutely, uh, I, I agree. Um, kind of want to shift gears yeah. here. So we talked about just from a personal standpoint when you're talking to players about buying uh-huh. in. The other thing is that that I know that I do, and I'm sure yep. you do as well, is is the uh, financial aspect. Of yeah. It. Um, how we get kids to come here yep. compared to other schools, yep. um, especially good quality players. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is it costs about $5,500 yeah. a year to come here to yep. Ridgewater. For tuition, for school and everything. And if you go to a private four-year school in the state of Minnesota, you're spending anywhere between thirty dollars and $50,000. Right. Um, now you get financial aid and things like that, but you also get financial aid here too. And kids, Pell Grants, mm-hmm. whatever it is, a lot of kids come here for free. Yep. Um, now the other thing is we don't have dorms, mm-hmm. but if anyone's ever lived in the dorm, they'll tell you it sucks. Right. So you have an opportunity to live three blocks from campus in an apartment yep. with you know, a couple other guys team, and team, and stuff. whatever. Yep. Or you can live by yourself, whatever yep. you want to do, whatever makes you uh, comfortable. But I think those are, are, are a couple big uh, selling yeah. points for us. That's another area that I've gotten more honest with people, like just as honest as I can flat out be. And I lay out when I'm selling the financial part of it, I lay out exactly how they can do it to come for pretty much free. Your Pell Grant can cover tuition. If you do 10 to 15 hours a week of work study, Yep. You're going to pay for all your rent and food, and now you have no expenses. Like yep. That's how I lay it out to every single kid. Um, 
If you have more money, that's great. You don't have to do work study. If you'd rather take out a student loan than do work study, that's great. If you, whatever you need to do, if you need to live somewhere even cheaper and get a house with like six guys and only pay 200 a month, I guess that's what you have to do. But I try to lay out a budget for guys as they're coming in so that they get it because it's hard to be successful if all you're doing is worrying about money and worrying about food and things like that. So the more that I can control in their minds. Because like we talked about, these kids, a lot of them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And they don't know how to cook meals. They don't know besides macaroni and cheese. And And I don't even know if anybody would. It's going (laughs) to, that first month is always going to be an adjustment because you're on your own in a place and you have expectations for basketball. You have expectations for school. You have expectations for work. You have. Yep. Social nope. expectations, like it's a it's a super uncomfortable time those first couple of weeks, and yes. that's no, I agree. And um, on the academic side of things, depending on your major, um, for the most part, I would say eighty percent of kids um, don't truly know what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna come here and get your general education done, which you would get at any other yep. four year school for. Quarter of the price. Quarter of the price. Yeah. Um, and that's, I just, I can't stress that enough to right. people. Nah. It's, and some people still think it's okay, whatever. But after you graduate and you have $100,000 in debt compared yeah. to, you know, 30, right. it's a huge It's a difference. huge difference because you can pay off 30 fairly yeah. quickly if you work hard at it. Yeah. $100,000 is going to, no matter what, is going to take a while. Yeah. And, and some people, some people go to private institutions and they're they study for a job that they're going to make forty thousand dollars a year so you do realize you're never going to pay that off right when you could have got a similar experience especially if you're on a sports team like you're going to have 15 friends immediately whether you're in dorms or not whether you're participating in campus life or not like you are you're getting that that family experience that team experience or that college experience here as well it's not like you have no college experience because you went to a two-year like right you're getting a college experience. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 and that's, and that's actually something that I'm starting to emphasize more is figuring out what your major is while you're here. Like as a really young coach, I didn't talk about that stuff that much. Like I had so much basketball stuff to go over and yeah. things like that, but it's something that I really want to start talking more. Cause a lot of these guys really do have zero idea what they're going to do if they don't play professional basketball. Yeah. So I need to start, it's my responsibility at a two year to start exposing them to a couple of things so that they're at least thinking about, Oh, maybe I'll be a teacher. Maybe I'll be a, I want to do business. What do I want to do in business or marketing or like, I want to start directing their brains to a place because they haven't thought about it for a minute. Yeah. It's crazy. And and that goes into finding them a place after Bridgewater. Um, Finding a place that they're going to be successful athletically and academically. Um, We're going to grow you as leaders. We're going to grow you as communicators. We're going to grow you as basketball players, but we also need to grow you as like your outlook on life and where you're going and what kind of paths there are for you. And that's, that's that last piece I want to expand that. Because now you're a young head coach. I'm a young head coach, but I can tell you that there's nothing better than a player that you've coached, whether it's a head coach or assistant. And it's been three, four, five years. And you see them, and they got they graduated, they got got yep. a degree, yep. and they're working. Yeah, like they're, that's just so so yeah. rewarding to mm-hmm. see um, because you're with them at the beginning. Yeah, and for a lot of kids, it's a long road. Right. For a lot of kids, it's a long road. Um, 
and I know for myself and, and knowing you, like we take a personal aspect to it um, in terms of our relationships that we want with these kids. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that really helps. Uh, um, and I really enjoy it, to be honest, yeah. um, getting to know my guys on a personal level um, and something I emphasize because um, you, you, you want to be there for these kids because you, you never know what could happen in life. Right. Um, and I always try to tell them, like, if you give me full effort and full attitude for your two years here, look, we're never going to have a problem. And um, five years down the road, if you need a, a reference, a job reference, Anytime. right? text me, call yep. me. I'm yep. right there for you. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, rewarding for me. It's just, yeah, just to kind of wrap it up, like getting guys to buy into your idea is such a, or your program is such a big idea, but it really does come down to, what we're developing, what we're, what opportunities we're putting before you. And I, I think we've expanded those here at Ridgewater the last couple of years. Yeah. And I'm, you just learn so much as a head coach. And now I think we're getting to the point where we're not just surviving here at Ridgewater. We're like thriving and we're ready to like take guys to a different level and take guys to a different mindset where we can, yeah, where they can be really successful in a multiple areas in their life. Like yeah. I think that's really important to, to the whole athletic department here, but. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really good conversation. Um, it was good to be back in the in the studio and go through this stuff. But uh, baseball season's starting up, basketball season's finishing. It's a fun time of year, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. Thanks.